welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf and this episode seven about the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Keep listening to find out how to make friends by making others feel important, saying goodbye to your ego and smiling. You're listening to Steph's Business Bookshelf, doing the reading so you don't have to. Welcome back and this is episode seven, which is quite exciting because most podcasts, if you read the stats of the industry, most podcasts don't get past episode number six and there's approximately 92% of podcasts die after episode six. So the fact I'm in episode seven is very exciting and means I'm in the top 8% of podcasts. Well, that's what I'm kind of telling myself anyway. So thank you to all of you who are listening, who have been listening ever since, who have been sending me messages to say that the ideas that I've shared from the book have helped you decide whether or not to read the books have given you some conversation starters with your team, or that you have just enjoyed me joining you on your commute. Don't forget, if you do decide that this is a book that you would like to read, in the show notes in your podcasting app, you'll see a couple of links for Amazon Australia and Amazon UK, because that's where most of my audience are, uh, where you can buy the book using the Amazon affiliate links there. So click on that, and if you do want to buy the book, whether in hard copy or in Kindle electronic form, you can buy those directly from the Amazon link there. As usual, before we dive into the three big ideas I took from the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, I will be sharing a little bit about the author. Dale Carnegie was an American writer and lecturer and the developer of a famous course in self-improvement, salesmanship, corporate training, public speaking, and interpersonal skills. Born into poverty on a farm in Missouri, he was the author of How to Win Friends and Influence People, 1936, a bestseller that remains popular today. Carnegie's first collection of his writings was Public Speaking, a practical course for businessmen, 1926, later titled Public Speaking and Influencing Men in Business, 1932. His crowning achievement, however, was when Simon & Schuster published How to Win Friends and Influence People. And that information was taken from Wikipedia. A little bit about the book. First published in 1936, the book has sold over 15 million copies, making it one of the best-selling books of all time, and continuing to appear on must-read and most influential book lists still today. While some of the specific examples and gender roles have dated slightly, the fundamental principles and actions remain as relevant today as they ever have, and maybe even more so. This book is a 101 on interpersonal relations, You could probably read and follow these rules and never have to read another interpersonal development book again and enjoy some pretty great relationships. The book covers three fundamental techniques, then broken into sub-rules and principles, including the all-important six ways to make people like you. The three fundamentals are don't criticise, condemn or complain, give honest and sincere appreciation and arouse in the other person an eager want. The original 1936 edition promised 12 benefits from reading it. My favourites are number one, getting you out of a mental rut, giving you new thoughts, new visions and new ambitions. Number two, helping you handle complaints, avoid arguments, keeping your human contacts smooth and pleasant. And number three, makes you a better speaker and a more entertaining conversationalist. Big claims. I've shared some of my favourite quotes from the book in the show notes and they are available on the website in tweetable and Instagrammable format for you to share too. So into the three big ideas. Number one is to make others feel important. 
A lot of the book is really around, it's quite a self-sacrificing, that kind of servant leadership mindset throughout the book. Which is quite interesting because I read it not long after reading the book The Courage to Be Disliked, which I talked about in episode 5. I'll put a link to the show notes if you haven't listened to that episode yet. But what was really interesting is then seeing the concepts from this book, which are very, like I said, self-sacrificing, compared to The Courage to Be Disliked. As I said, the big idea is to make others feel important. So the tips that Dale gives in the book are around letting other people do the talking, not telling them that they're wrong, involving other people. And my favorite one around being curious and understanding other people's perspectives. This predates a lot of the work that Covey did. And you can see throughout, throughout this book, there's the kind of the, the nuggets or the, the seedlings for some of the concepts that went on to to grow in the work of the likes of Stephen Covey and, and other authors. For me, the most useful part of this idea of making others feel important is, I mean, in, in all relationships, obviously, to an extent, but particularly in your team and in your work relationships, and thinking about how often that we jump to conclusions, we don't let others do the talking, we just want to move on and move forward. So we don't stop to make others feel important particularly around involving people and being curious, understanding their perspectives. So that was something I found really interesting and an important point to take away. That was big idea number one, make others feel important. Big idea number two is say goodbye to your ego. So similar to the previous example of making others feel important, the idea of saying goodbye to your ego is not making things about you. This really comes to the idea of that servant leadership mindset and the ability to put aside your own views to help others feel that they get the airtime because people like to talk about themselves. So the more we allow people to do that, the more they will like us because they feel like we gave them, we had, and there's some examples in the book around people going away and saying, oh, I've had a brilliant conversation with this person, but really the other, uh, they just did all the talking, but it felt like they was, it was a good conversation to them because they had the airtime and the control of the conversation. So allowing people to do that and to an extent smoothing other people's egos and pausing yours can be very effective. When I read this book there was a couple of people who sprung to my mind that I have worked with or known over the particularly the course of my professional life. And it was really interesting because as, as I was reading some of the examples and the advice, I was thinking, oh, this is what that person does and this is what that person used to do. And oh, this person does always make people feel great because they put themselves to one side. So it was, it was fascinating to see some of the, I suppose, the theory to an extent of that come out uh, that I've seen in practice time and time again and seen done very effectively and in a way that's not fake or forced or, or too much. Because I think naturally people would find some of these ideas a bit too self-sacrificing. But like I said, when I've seen it done very well, it's incredibly powerful. That was big idea number two, which was say goodbye to your ego. Finally, big idea number three was to smile. And throughout the book, there are so many examples of where a simple smile, being open to others, being honest and earnest with that smile, and the ability for just a simple smile to disarm and invite others into a conversation or into an interaction with us that is positive. And again, there were some examples of some quite difficult situations or what could have been quite difficult situations where just walking in with a smile, the author was able to disarm the other person and engage in a really positive 
conversation and outcome for all parties. That was big idea number three, the simple smile. What I really liked about the book, other than some of the examples throughout there are kind of cute because they're really 1920s, 1930s America focused. So it's worth reading just for that sometimes. But what I really liked was, despite that, the timelessness of the lessons. The examples, like I said, still date in some of the gender roles that are included in there. Every, you know, every secretary is female and every CEO or every, every executive and every business person is a businessman. But the lessons in there are so relevant to now. And as I said in the intro, I think in some ways, they're even more relevant now. As I mentioned in the previous episode of The Art of Gathering, we're not having in society the conversations and interactions in, in a healthy way that we could or should be doing. So having these principles in mind to kind of put our own ideas to one side and listening to others, being curious, really truly understanding and putting our own ego on pause would be something that would be very worthwhile people taking into consideration. Linking to that, the concept that all of this is very much human to human interaction. Obviously the robots are going to take all of our jobs, but the commentary around the future of work and the future of employability skills really does focus on human interaction. So the more we can be doing that and practicing these skills, which included in the book, the better off we're going to be and skills change. Fundamentally, this is about not needing fancy skills or methods or techniques. This is the basics. Like I said, you could probably avoid going and spending a lot of money on and time on interpersonal relationship courses, coming back to these fundamentals and these basics and these kind of 101 skills of interacting with others and how to have great conversations, positive interactions and for outcomes that are best for both parties. This isn't about bending over backwards and always winning. This is about how to bring people around sometimes to your way of thinking. One of the particular ideas or techniques that I've been bearing in mind since reading the book has been this concept of what do I win or the kind of idea of what do I win if I prove this person wrong? Is that going to really improve the relationship? So really rethinking how I correct people and I'm certainly, as much as I like to feel like I'm always right, I'm certainly not always the one who is right. But in situations where I am, thinking about how I bring that up in a way that influences rather than antagonizes the person I'm talking to. So really thinking about bringing people around the, to your ideas, your way of thinking in a more delicate and diplomatic way that isn't I'm right and you're wrong. Quick reminder, three big ideas. Number one, make others feel important. Number two, say goodbye to your ego. And number three, smile. I'm definitely going to be putting these into practice and later in the week I'll be sharing a little bonus mini-sode with you with a question relating to these ideas that you can put into practice with your team. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to leave a review and some star ratings on iTunes or whichever your podcast player of choice is. It really helps other people find the podcast and helps you to share that with them too. Until next time, happy reading.